بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا تھرڈ آف سپٹمبر ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ ان ٹو دا فورتھ سیشن دیٹ بی گوئنگ تھرو دا کامنٹری آف دا بلیسڈ سورہ المعمنون And I've reached verse 15. So inshallah today going through up to and including verse 18. But before moving on, the previous verse we went through, i.e. verse 14, it mentions the development of the unborn child. But there's a report which is relevant. So this narration is in Qurtubi in his tafsir and Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf Al-Marif Al-Qur'an, Volume 6, page 308 of the English translation. Abdullah ibn Abbas, the report says, he was sitting with Sayyidina Umar and some other companions. And Umar suddenly asked the companions, does any of you know on what date the night of Qadr falls? None of them was able to mention a specific date. Sayyidina Umar then turned to Abdullah ibn Abbas. He was the youngest amongst them and asked him the same question. Abdullah ibn Abbas said, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created seven skies and seven earths. He created man in seven stages and provided him sustenance from seven sources. Therefore, in my opinion, Laylatul Qadr will surely fall on the 27th night of the month of Ramadan. When, Abdullah, when Umar heard this reasoning, he said to the companions, Observe. This youngster has given the answer which none of you could. So let's look at this. So Ibn Abbas, he was called Tarjaman al-Quran, the interpreter of the Quran. And he said to Amir al-Mu'mineen that Laylat al-Qadr falls on the 27th. And he gave a few proofs. He says, Allah Ta'ala favors the number seven. Seven earth, seven heavens, which are mentioned in the Quran. He created man in the seven stages. And these are the verses he was deferring to. The seven different stages. I.e. verses 12 to 14. He provides for him sustenance from seven sources. Mufti Shafi said this is in reference to Surah Abasa, Surah 80 verse 27 to 31. And then he, if you look at the, the verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, And therein he made the grains to grow and vines and reeds, and olives, and palms, and dense tree gardens, and fruits, and pastures. Mm. So Mufti Shafi said, this verse mentions eight items. However, the first seven are food for human beings, and the eighth provides fodder for animals. Mm. So Ibn Abbas was referring to these verses, the seven Uh, avenues where Allah gives sustenance to man. So note 
Ibn Abbas is going through the Quran very quickly to prove his point that it's the 27th. And Umar was impressed. And also in other reports, it mentions there's seven days in the week. There's seven categories of inheritors. You perform tawaf seven times around the Kaaba. You perform sa'i seven times between Safa and Marwa. You stone the shayateen seven times. So again, is that a coincidence that Allah Ta'ala has designated seven? The response is no. He's favored that number. So this is mentioned here with regards to these verses which I should have mentioned last week. And the other thing I should have mentioned in Surah 22 verse 5 Surah Hajj Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He uses these stages as a powerful proof of the day of resurrection. He simply says O mankind if you have a doubt about resurrection reflect we created you out of Torah dust, then out of a nutfa, i.e. a sperm, then of an alaqa, a leech-like clinging clot, then out of a mudra, a chewed lump of flesh. Then it says, din shaped or unshaped. So look how beautiful. Allah Ta'ala is talking obviously to the today's day and age of believers. And they doubt the resurrection. So Allah Ta'ala says, if you doubt the resurrection, reflect upon the stages of development under the microscope. <laughs> death, from death, you get life. So why do you find it difficult to understand he's going to do that on a universal scale on the day of resurrection? But the verse then adds something, which isn't mentioned in Surah Mu'minun. Mukhallaqatin wa ghayna mukhallaqa shaped or unshaped so what is this in reference to so here it mentions so there's a report so this narration is recorded in Hakim al-Tirmidhi 1-267 Qurtubi in his tafsir Ibn Jarir's tafsir Ma'arif al-Qur'an, volume 6, page 245, Ibn Kathir tafsir and Ibn Rajab and his Jami' al-Ulum wal-Hikm. Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, he said, when the drop settles in the womb, an angel comes to it, who takes it in the palm of his hand, and asks, O oh my Lord, then he recited, Mukhallaqatin wa ghayda mukhallaqa, shaped or unshaped, Complete or incomplete. Surah 22 verse 5. If it is said incomplete, it will not become a person and the womb casts it out as blood. If it is said complete, the angel then asks, My Lord, is it male, female? Unfortunate, fortunate. What is the lifespan? What are his footprints? And in what land will it die? Then the drop is asked, Who is your Lord? It will answer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will be asked, Who is your provider? It will answer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will be said to the angel, Go to the book, for you will find the story of this drop in it. Then it is created, it will live, 
its life, eat its provision, walk on its footprints until the prescribed term comes. It will die and be buried in the land from which it was created. Then Imam Sha'abi recited this verse, Ayi Surah 22, verse 5. And then he added, If it is complete, the womb casts it out as blood, incomplete, sorry. But if it is complete, it changes its manner of being into a person. So this is the report. So looking at a few bullet points. The angel is responsible for the changes. So this makes sense. Why? It can't just happen by itself. You know, so obviously somebody is doing something. So the hadith explains it's the angel. But then at the stage, it says, Meaning, do you want me to continue, O oh my Lord? If Allah says no, then there's no pregnancy. Right? He just discharges his blood. But if Allah says go ahead, then everything is then given. Now look how amazing. Then the drop is asked. Now what's shocking about that? This is actually the second time Allah is asking. One was the universal asking before we were in human form on the plane of Arafat. Refer to Surah 7 verse 172-3. This is the second time. And we were asked, imagine, you know, obviously nobody will remember this. When you was a drop, who is your Lord? Allah asked you again. And we said, you are. Who is your provider? You are. And then the angel is told, now refer to the book and everything I've told you will find it written there. And then he recited this verse, i.e. Imam Sha'bi. So, note again, very interesting things mentioned in the various reports, i.e. from the Blessed Salaf. So this helps to explain I, this passage even further. I, Surah uh, 23, verse 12 to 14. So verse 15. After that, at length you will die. Again, on the day of judgment, will you be raised up. So look how beautiful. Allah has mentioned the stages from death to life, i.e. under the most powerful microscope. And now he's hitting the point home again. He goes, after this, you will die. You will go back to death. And after that, you will be brought back to life again. As if to say, look, this is not difficult for me. Verse 17. And we have made above you seven tracks. And we are never unmindful of our creation. So note again, seven is mentioned. Seven seven paths, and we are never unmindful of our creation. Verse 18. And we sent down water from the sky in due measure, and we cause it to settle in the earth, and we certainly are able to drain it off, I with ease. So now here is a few things mentioned. So there's a report first of all. So this record, this narration is recorded by Hafiz Diyah and also in Al-Bidayah. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he relates that our beloved messenger said, mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down five rivers in paradise. They are Sayhun, which is the river of Hind, 
Jehu, which is the liver of Balkh, Dajla, i.e. the Tigris, and Forat, i.e. Euphrates, which are rivers of Iraq, and the Nile, i.e. the river Nile, which is the river of Egypt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them down from a single spring out of the springs of paradise in the lowest of the levels of paradise on the wings of Jibreel. He entrusted it to the mountains and caused it to flow on the earth. He put in it benefit for mankind in their livelihood. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and he recited this verse, verse 18. وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً بِقَدَرٍ فَأَسْقَنَّاهُ فِي الْأَرْضِ And we sent down from the heaven water in due measure. Then we caused it to settle in the earth. So let's look at it. So here, according to this hadith, there are five rivers of paradise. Uh, five rivers on the earth which originate from paradise. Now what's interesting, in Sayyid Muslim, Imam Ahmad's Musnad, only four are mentioned. Abu Huraira radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sayhan, Jayhan, Farat and Neel are all rivers of paradise. So those four are definitely originating from paradise. In this report one else, one more is added and it's the river of Balkh. The river of Balkh. So that's worth pointing out. Now what's it, what does it mean? They are originating from paradise. So the scholars point out, we originate from paradise. Our father was from paradise, Adam He came down onto the earth. So similarly, why do we find it strange that water has, these rivers have their origin in paradise? The Hadith says that they all came from a single spring. Now look how amazing that is, all these rivers which are amazing. They came from a single spring, from the springs of paradise, from the lowest level of paradise, meaning it's not even from the higher up. And it came down on the wings of Jibreel. <laughs> so what an honorable way that the water came down. Jibreel has about 600 wings. So he carried all that water. Imagine the river Nile, the river Euphrates, the river Tigris, the river of Hind, Sayhun, Jaihun, Balkh. And then it was put onto the mountains and it flowed onto the various spots. So this is the origins mentioned in the, and this is the direct of seed. So when they say, where does this water come from? These rivers in particular are blessed. And this is leaving aside the angels, uh, the prophets, sorry. The prophets also drank from these rivers. Musa the river Nile. So how blessed is that? And of course, the other blessed rivers, which are mentioned, the Tigris being famous, Euphrates, which is the name for that is Forat. The other thing, which is, pointed out here. Allah Ta'ala says, we sent down water biqadar. Biqadar. So, what does it mention? In Abu Ash-Shaykh, in his Al-Azamah, number 761, is Hassan. Hassan al-Basri, said, with every raindrop, there is an angel, alayhi salatu wasalam, who descends with it until he places it where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered so even when you are in a torrential downpour, nothing is haphazard. Every drop hits the place where Allah Ta'ala decreed. So when you say I'm drenched, 
every drop which was decreed has struck you. But the report says the angel is the one sending the drops down. It's not haphazard just coming out of the sky. And the same is mentioned by Hakam ibn Utaybah Tabi'in in Tabari in his tafsir 14-19 Hassan. So look how interesting. Allah is talking about embryology and he's talking about rain when he's talking about the reality of it. The scientists don't know the reality. They just give you the mechanics. They go, this is the formula for raindrops. This is the formula for the parachute effect so the raindrop doesn't kill you. This is, and these are just, well, who brought the formulas? When you ask them that question, well, the, every formula must have some genius behind it. And they give you that glazed look. Well, you know, what, so, you know, E equals MC squared. Wasn't that Einstein? He goes, yes. So what if somebody goes E equals MC squared? It just happens. Right? So note again, you know, people are sleeping. So note again, Allah is highlighting the, the reality here. And also, even more shocking, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu some say it's from the Prophet, but to be safe from Ibn Mas'ud He said that every single year there is the exact same amount of rainfall on the earth. Not a drop more, not a drop less. This is in Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir, Ibn Abi Hatim in their tafsirs with the Sahih chain of transmission. So I used to think there's no way they're going to wear this out. They've worked it out. They've actually proved that there's not a single drop more every year, but it's distributed differently. So what does Allah Ta'ala say? وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً بِقَدَرٍ We send it down بِقَدَر in measure. So then the question to pose again to the you know, atheists, why is that happening? Who's planned that? And then they give, they give you the formula. They go, oh, there's the formula. Well, Every formula has somebody behind it. Where are all these formulas coming from? So note again, rain is a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another thing about this verse, it was ahead of its time. Why? Because scientists informed us, and this was in 1580, so it's our history. You're talking about 450 years ago, thereabouts. But well after the Prophet, scientists say in 1580, for the first time, the water cycle was understood. Before this, scientists were puzzled, where does the underground water come from? They put theories forward. They did not realize it was actually the rainwater from above which seeped and lodged into the earth. So what does Allah say in this verse? We have sent down water from the sky in due measure. We cause it to settle in the earth. 900 years before this, the Quran mentioned, i.e. where the water is coming from. So this water cycle is mentioned here. Mm -hmm. So again, the same verse is now talking about knowledge which they had to discover a thousand years after the Prophet. So the Lord is But what's even more shocking, forget the water cycle, there's another avenue where rain comes from. And they've only very recently discovered that. So what, first of all, let me give you the fact, then I'll give you the verse. So the reference here is Gulf News, Friday, May the 30th, 1997, page 10. So this is the report. The earth is bathed by a steady cosmic rain. 
of previously undetected objects from outer space that pour vast quantities of water into the atmosphere according to startling new evidence released Wednesday. The objects from space, 20 to 40 ton snowballs, what does that mean? 20,000 to 40,000 kilos of ice, the size of two bedroom houses streak into the atmosphere by thousands every day. They disintegrate harmlessly 600 to 15,000 miles up and then deposit large clouds of water vapor that eventually falls on the Earth's surface as rain. According to Louis A. Frank of the University of Iowa, he led the research team that for the first time has captured images of these objects taken at both ultraviolet and visible wavelengths by Frank's specially designated instrument aboard NASA's year-old spacecraft. So this is the core. So simply put, what have they discovered? There's another source of rain. And it's basically huge bodies of ice which hit the Earth's atmosphere, which most disintegrate, but some form as clouds, and then it rains. And they've discovered this using the NASA's uh, you know, spacecraft. So where's that mentioned in the Quran? In Surah An-Nur, Surah 24, verse 43, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the translation, Have you not seen how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the clouds move gently, then joins them together, then makes them a heap, and you see raindrops issuing from their midst. So up to this point, normal, normal rain. Mm. Then look what Allah, same verse. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And he sends down from the sky of mountains, Baradin, hail therein, causing it to fall on whom he wills, and averting it from whom he wills. Subhanallah. How explicit is that? Allah Ta'ala says, and, meaning there's another source of rain that you haven't discovered, from heaven's mountains, from the sky of mountains, baradin, baradin means hail, ice, causing it to fall. So in one verse, Allah Ta'ala mentions two different types of rain. So again, it doesn't take a genius to work out. Nobody could have known this. And yet, you turn to the atheists, and they'll just give you that glazed look. He goes, yeah. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> and the other thing, which is worth pointing out, Sayyid Qutb, rahmatullahi, in his work, Fi Zilal al-Qur'an, in the Shade of the Qur'an, volume 12, page 203, he states, It is only recently that geologists developed their theory that underground water comes from the surface water and rain which seeps to the earth. Before this theory was advanced, the general perception was that underground water was independent of surface water. But the Quran stated otherwise, and the Quran was proven correct. Then he said, if you look at verse 18, we caused it, the rain, to lodge into the earth. The Sheikh said, the picture here is so similar to of the fertilized egg 
implanted in the uterus, which is described in verse 13 as a safe place of rest. Both the egg and the water have their settled and safe places of settlement in order to give rise to life. SubhanAllah. Here we see yet another example of the Quranic method of artistic arrangement of scenes and images. We don't read in the Quran, we read in the English, so we don't know what's happening. Look how beautiful the image, image. Just five verses earlier, Allah Ta'ala says, I placed it in a safe place of rest, i.e. the clinging cloth, etc. Five verses later, Allah Ta'ala says, we caused it to lodge in the earth. Look how similar. What is the link? The link is both give life. Without it, you'd be dead. So the Shaykh goes, look at the beauty of the Quran, the artistic arrangement of scenes and images. So note, if you look at these, these verses, they go on and on in commentary. But at the very least, we can see the divine origins of these verses. So one. So I'll recite the verses. Abubakar. <laughs> وما كنا عن الخلق غافلين وأنزلنا من السماء ماء بقدر فأسكناه في الأرض وإنا على ذهاب به لقادرون We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that he makes the Quran the review of our hearts and I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that he forgives me for any edits which I may have inadvertently Subhanallah <laughs>